Hello and welcome to the podcast that explores the Heartlands Entertainment Industries. I'm Brian and I am joined today by guest co-host, Lainey Gilliland. Host. My other half, my happier half, my far more gorgeous half. Hello and welcome to the show. That was the, literally the nicest thing that you've ever said about me. That's right. You heard it here, folks. I am not kind most of the time. No, no. <laughs> I had you uh, join me for this little intro thingy because uh, I thought that this particular episode is actually kind of relevant to me and you because you and I have played in a band for, what, 10 years? Yeah. Well, I mean, we haven't played in a while so i i feel like we it was a 10-year run 10-year run of adventures and many shows and lots of fights and very stressful <laughs> times and in the midst of that falling madly in love <laughs> and getting married no we got oh yeah i guess well the very beginning of the band we got married and then we were married. the very beginning of the band we were just friends Oh, that's right. I'm having to remind my wife how we fell madly in love. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we were just friends and then we started dating and then I was like, are we going to get married? Are we going to get married? Are you going to marry me? And, and I then- finally said, fine. And I, yeah. and I, I said, do you? And she said, I guess. I suppose. <laughs> well, now that you said yes, the chase is over. Well, Boo. Yes, and now we've been very happily married. But I mean, it was it was rough. I was tired all oh, yeah. the time. Well, it's why it's it's actually kind of interesting. Like being in a band, it, it, like on its face is tough, and there's a lot of challenges. But then being a band and also being a married couple, and sharing <laughs> the stage together oh, when you're gosh. both attention whores. So listening to this interview, I'm just like, you guys are so sweet. They're so much better than us. Cool and collected, and they love each other. And they made it work. So much, and their songs are incredible. I mean, we had a lot of fun. We had a good run. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but it was fun, and I mean, it was really, it was super bonding for us, but after a while, like, we just got so tired. We got so tired, and like, we 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 haven't played shows in a couple years now, and like, in that amount of time, uh, the landscape has nearly completely changed. There's new technology and stuff. So during our conversation with the Imaginaries today, we kind of talk about that, of like all the different avenues, because in this weird COVID world that we find ourselves in, you can't exactly have live shows anymore. Can you imagine oh my being gosh. in Ophidelis and trying to like maintain and not being able to play shows? I just, I probably would have thrown in the towel then and be like, well, that's it. I guess it's a sign from God. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> it was a good run. So they're a uh, Christian band, correct? They are a band of faith. That is true. I love that. There needs to be more of those. I'm, I'm sorry. That just made me so excited. <laughs> I was just like, my people. Yes. So, yay. Yay. And their music is phenomenal. We're going to listen to two of their tracks on this episode. And it's just a jolly good conversation. Well, and they're adorable. They are they're just... They're totes they, They're ridiculously adorable. Yeah. Like, I want to clunk their little heads together and be like, stop being so adorable, guys. I mean, we tried, but we failed. Mm. Everyone was like, ugh. 
What's wrong this with this? This O'Fidelis band, ugh. Why do they look so angry and tired? <laughs> Why do they look like they hate each other? <laughs> I I will say, that was that was a long test for us. But then, like, we really found our groove and, like, started, you know, having fun. And then we just got too busy to keep up with it. And then we started adulting too much, yeah. yeah. And then we started. We, we, unlike them, cannot handle the adulting and the music. It's one or the other Balancing with us. Balancing is hard. <laughs> hard. So I have, like, mad respect for these guys for, for what they're doing and maintaining, you know, uh, not only are they maintaining their music just in general, but they're freaking releasing an album here pretty soon, and it's going to be amazeballs. It really is good. Like, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, let's create no more anticipation, shall we? <laughs> And go to our conversation with you just made me the, snort. <laughs> with the Imaginaries. <laughs> so I'm here with the Imaginaries. How's it going, guys? It's going great. great. How are you? Doing fantastic. We're conversating through the the wild new technology of Zoom. This is kind of the new norm for Oki Show Show until you know the world stops exploding. So thank you guys for giving me some of your time so I can so we can talk about all the crazy stuff that's going on. You guys have a new album that's going to be dropping pretty soon, which I'm yes. very, very excited about. Can you tell us a little bit about that album? Sure. So um, the songs were recorded in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And um, backing up before that, uh, we got to be a part of a really awesome series called the One Mike Series in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And uh, that's kind of what really kick-started the Imaginaries project. Yeah. Um, kind of put us into gear because, you know, Shane and I have both been solo artists for over a decade. Um, we've been married now for eight years. And so the Imaginaries is something that just really naturally happened. And um, we had had this collection of songs that we had written together. And it didn't, they did not really belong on Shane's projects or mine. And we, we started to realize quickly that this, is a, this was a new special project. So after we did the One Mic series, we went back to Muscle Shoals. Um, we recorded the album that was um, funded from Kickstarter. Thank you, everyone who supported us with that. Um, and... It's been a, a long process, uh, lots of ups and downs, lots of starts and stops along the way. Um, but in a nutshell, um, we have now released two of the singles off the album. I actually have it right here. Woo! To give, to give a little bit nice. of a story on what the One Mic series is, the One Mic series was um, our good friend John Cunaberti, he's an engineer in the Bay Area, has worked on, on just numerous who's who's of records. You can look them up on all music. He's an engineer and producer and mixer, very talented guy. And he started this um, he started this thing called the One Mic Series uh, when he was having some conversations with some engineer and mixer friends. And he said, you know, I think it'd just be really cool to go back to making records with one mic. And uh, they were like, well, that's not possible. You can't do that. Well... Artists did it in the 40s and 50s, you know, they did it all the time. That was, that's, that's all they had, you know. And so he adapted this way of, of using this ribbon microphone and, and placing a band around that mic to, and I mean, it took us maybe two and a half hours to get the placing and volume right, because essentially where the guitar amplifiers were, uh, where everybody was placed at was the mix of the yeah. song. 
essentially I'm a louder singer than Maggie. So I had to stand back a little further from the mic. So anyway, yeah. see this whole process, it turned out so cool. And we got, we just the two of us went down, we brought actually our, our friend Reagan Elkins who directed Revival with us to, he did a bunch of filming and, and kind of captured the whole process for us mm -hmm. and uh, sort of captured our oh, Kickstarter video. But, yeah. but just going through that whole experience and getting to make music like it's really intended to be made, I don't know. It, there, there's so many ways you can be creative now, but there's something to be said for playing music in a room with other musicians. It, it's just raw and real and, and cool. And so we decided we were gonna go back to Muscle Shoals to make this record mm -hmm. because of that experience. Yeah, so. and um, you know we've released two of the singles now. Thinking about you and Revival just came out. Um, Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's brand new. And um, so you want to tell them a little bit about our, our starts and stops. Yeah, we've had. We've had, yeah. We've had um, it's funny because everybody's like having the the 2020 has not been the perfect vision year for most people. Um, I've seen that little goofy post, but. Yeah, 2019 is tough for us because we were sort of right at the uh, mixing stage of this record. We were finishing it up, and uh, almost exactly a year ago, it was June 20th of 19. Uh, we were in this room in the studio, and I started feeling horrible, like horrible, beyond horrible. And uh, I was like, I think I need to go to the doctor now. My side hurts, and you know, within the course of four hours, I was going into surgery, getting my appendix removed because it had blown mm. up inside my body. Whoa! So unfortunately, um, there wasn't enough time to really think things through. Um, my studio is actually set up at my mom's farm, which is between Verdon and Anadarko, out in the country. And so they took us to the took me to the closest hospital, which was the Grady Memorial Hospital, and uh, they almost killed me. So <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Just a little uh, damper on the year. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, I mean. It is what it is, but you know my experience wasn't well, and my recovery was horrible. Um, you know, four or five days after the surgery, I got an infection in the wound, and then had to go back in. And stitches had to come out, and I had to go into uh, basically from that point forward, I had to do wound care uh, for five months. Yeah, and uh, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And uh, so we kind of came out of that season, and around November, I was feeling pretty good again, and, and we got this opportunity. Uh, we got a phone call and got an opportunity to open for Brian Setzer for his holiday tour, Ooh. which we were just so stoked. You know, coming out of this crazy 19 was just weird for us because for about four months, I didn't even pick a guitar up because yeah. I was so sick. Wow. So uh, so we, we come into this new season, so we, we recorded a, a, a couple new Christmas songs. We put together sort of a compilation of other Christmas music that we had previously recorded um, as Shane Henry and Maggie McClure before we had sort of, you know, stylized the Imaginaries and really figured out what that was. And so we, we thought, you know, we're, we've got this new record. We're going to go on this Brian Setzer tour. We want people to know who we are, so we're the Imaginaries. So we, we get this new record all done and ready to go. And, three days before the tour kicks off, which was supposed to kick off in Minneapolis on November 15th, 15th uh, we got a phone call from the man, his manager that said, um, we, we don't know how to tell you guys this, but unfortunately, the entire tour is canceled. And oh, we're no. like, what? Yeah, the entire tour is canceled. Why? Uh, Brian has a severe case of tinnitus and he can't perform. Whoa. So yeah. three days before this thing hit, which, you know, at that point we'd already printed you know, they told us that his crowd was like a big merch buying crowd. So, I mean, we went to town, man. Yeah, we, yeah we had, man. We had, 
We had a thousand t-shirts printed. I mean, this is 30, 34 shows. We're trying to do the numbers on what we might move through that course of that time. And, and so we had a thousand shirts printed. We had uh, 5,000 CDs printed. We had, you know, all just kinds all kinds of stuff. stuff. We had rented a Sprinter van. Yeah, rented a Sprinter uh, van. Manager from Denver. So, uh, yeah. For lack so, of better words, it was just basically like getting kicked really hard in the nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, so the credit it, card is maxed out. Completely <laughs> maxed out. <laughs> and we're sitting there looking at each other going, what, what do we do yeah. now? Because you know? oh, gosh. typically mm. the holidays are one of our busy right. seasons. And so we right. had turned down no, tons not, of gigs. No, not turned down. We had actually had, we had six canceled. really great paying yeah. gigs that we canceled mm. to go on the tour. So we did just like any artist would. We start hustling those gigs back up. And we were able yeah. to get some of the gigs we canceled back. And then some. And then some. And we got a couple of corporate clients that we did some Christmas parties for. And, you know, we made the most of the season, but we certainly weren't able to move any of that merch and even get come close to recouping what we spent for the tour. Yeah. So, so after that, we were like, okay, you know, let's uh, reset again here with this release campaign. Well, I went, right. out, I went out to NAMM in January and it was kind of cool because I was walking down one of the aisles and uh, at NAMM and, and I got this guy tapped me on the shoulder and it was actually Brian's manager, which we had only communicated through email, email and phone calls. And, uh, you know, so I got to hang with the, with those guys and, with his management, um, Surf Dog Records, and uh, they were super cool, and they were like, hey, you know, just want to let you guys know that uh, when Brian's well enough to do the tour, which we are planning on 2020, it's happening, you know, we, we still want you guys to come out and open. Well, <laughs> because of COVID, the 2020 tour is not happening. Yeah, it's so, just, oh, not man. Only, not only did we get the, we lost the tour because he got sick the first year. Now we have a pandemic. Right. Is it the second time? First, it's the so, appendix. Oh. Then it's tinnitus. Then it's oh. a global pandemic. <laughs> Maybe the third time will be a charm, 2021. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but rolling into, rolling into this year, uh, you know, Maggie had to have a, a little surgery that we kind of knew. We had, we knew it was coming. So she did that, and then we like knew, okay, well, by March, she'll be healed up and ready to go. And so we started booking tons of gigs, and we had, I don't know, maybe 20, yeah, 25 gigs 25. already on the books. Yeah. Every one of them canceled. canceled. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, and another thing, too, which to add insult to injury, in the past couple of years, just from touring and traveling, um, you know, we, we always stayed at Airbnbs traveling. So we purchased um, a couple of duplexes that we converted to Airbnb properties. Well, try to be a host in the COVID-19 world. <laughs> it was like one cancellation after another. Right. So just uh, just been a tough year all around to try to, you know, make a living and make things work. Yeah, but yeah. All, that to, all that to say, you know, we still don't have an actual release date for this. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, you know, are super excited to have finally moved forward with releasing Revival. And depending on how the next couple of weeks go, right. uh, we're going to reevaluate and try to figure out what the next move is. And probably the next move will be releasing another single with a music video and um, Beautiful. Uh, just trying to figure out if we should release the whole album um, this year or consider waiting until next year. I mean, there's also the thought of since no one's touring right now, everyone is going to be touring next year there's going to be less opportunities than normal. So, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, think of all the like, bands that are going to be trying to go on the road. Because oh, yeah. Everyone's playing catch-up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So oh. it's going to be interesting. I think that it's also going to probably uh, drive prices down. You know how it is when it's like, you know, it's just like gas. There's too much gas. The price right. goes down. 
So, um, yeah. who knows? But yeah, we'll see. But you know, we're we're kind of taking that like uh, well, and it's also interesting too because Brian Setzer's manager said, "I think you guys should just go ahead and move forward with it." And you know, but if it, if it were me, I would release every song with a video because mm-hmm. we live in this sort of world now where if you come out with just this huge piece of creative art and you release it in the world, then a, two weeks later, people are going to go, well, what's next? Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. You don't realize that it cost a ton of money and it took a ton of time. It took a lot of planning and took a lot of work to, to record these 12 yeah. tracks that we've got here. Yeah. So I think we're taking, we're taking that sort of approach of just releasing a song in a video as you know, maybe one a month or one every other month kind of thing. And yeah. we'll figure out where the right climate is to release this thing and we'll go ahead and put it out. Yeah. yeah, that's so smart. I love how strategic you guys are on the business side of yeah. this because it's kind of what I, what I've noticed is that that's kind of like the uh, the part that very few people think about whenever sure. they're starting out of like you know we just want to play music. Sure, and that's that's Which just it. Yeah, right. but and you got to be strategic. <laughs> we, I mean, I can I can speak for Maggie and I. I mean, ten years ago, we were both in that same exact shoes. I mean, we were all one hundred percent creative when we were making records and and excited about the music and writing and then uh, not really having that vision to sort of look at, look at an album. Like it's, you know, you're recording and making an album, but then what are you going to do with it once it's done? You know, you got to have a plan for that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just uh, get out there to people without that plan. So um, we've been able to, over the last three years with releasing new music, we've refined it on our last two solo albums. And I think now we've, we've really figured it out to a point where we, we did things we didn't know about before, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so you want to elaborate on some of those things that we're doing? Um, well, yeah. I mean, we've learned a lot with all of our past releases. Every time we release an album, we learn something new. We learn, oh, well, we didn't really need to do that, or we shouldn't have done that, or, man, why didn't we do this, mm. you know? Um, so I've released, what, four or five albums on my own, and so, so has Shane, and then we've released many Christmas projects together. So everyone we're learning more and more. Um, with the release of uh, Revival, we're like, okay, we're gonna do this right. And we're gonna take the time it takes. So that's what we did. And I'm so happy to say that I feel so confident and like just glad and grateful that we took the time to figure out every piece that needed to be in this puzzle at the right time. I mean- Right. And I mean, it, it, I'll just jump in yeah. there because it's not, you can do all these things and it still may or may not work, but it's, it, you're at least setting yourself up for the opportunity for growth to happen sure. versus just getting that record done and going, you know what, I'm going to go into core right now and post it up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right. wow, my single's out one blast on yeah. Facebook and that's it, you know? Yeah. So we are working with a publicist. We're working with um, some social media marketing people. Music We're, video promotion team. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, going at it from all angles and just trying to make a big, as big of an impact as we can. And we're excited to say that, you know, even after just a few days of the single and video yeah, being so out. starting to get a little buzz on yeah. Spotify. We're yeah. Over 5,000 plays in a couple of days, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's very exciting. So we feel very encouraged um, through it all. And, I mean, just things like simply – you know, building up to the release as much as possible, like creating that suspense, like, oh, we right. can't wait to come out. So starting six weeks out is when we started promoting the single release. Right. And every day, you know, it was some kind of post coming at it from a different angle. And I do all of our um, social media uh, posts and everything. So 
um, you know, just learning from what other people are doing, trying to engage people as much as possible. And, you know, being a part of, you know, this culture where everyone's on Facebook Live doing shows mm -hmm. has also been really good because, you know, for the first two months of the quarantine, we were doing a show from this from this room um, at once least, yeah, once or twice a week. And so not only were we connecting with, um, you know, our existing fans, we were reaching people all over the world who, A, always wanted to come see us play but never got the opportunity to, or B, brand new people that didn't know about us, and now they do, and now they're super excited about what we're doing. So it's been really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and it's it's been really neat to watch um, – like through all the the you know negative the negative side of the covid situation and all that it's been really cool seeing musicians kind of adapt and like like you were just saying reach audiences you never thought you possibly could have with yeah. with a live show that's just so cool what a what a neat positive side effect of such a weird situation <laughs> you know 10, 10 years ago this didn't exist i mean i don't know how long it's existed but it's not been that long where you right. could play yeah. a show you got somebody from rome tuning in that's one of your super fans now isn't that awesome two in the morning so they could see your facebook live i mean yeah. that's pretty cool you know yeah, yeah. So. and it's really well, cool we can interact with people too during those one-on-one -on -one. and you know they they get to ask questions and we're talking to them you know live on camera and um, you know, that's a different experience than a live show as well. So it's just kind of opened up some new um, territory. It's been yeah, really cool. that's so cool. Well, I want to uh, I want to introduce the audience, the listening audience who have never experienced the Imaginaries before to your music video revival. Can you guys kind of set this up for, for the audience? Sure. So um, we... We're so excited about this video. Um, it just came out and just had its Oklahoma premiere at Dead Center Film Festival. And what, what? Uh, yes, so exciting. We got to see it on the big screen um, at Scissor Till Park the other night and it was just a really surreal and awesome experience. Um, this song is a song of hope and salvation. Um, it's about leaving old ways and habits and hindrances in the past and looking forward and moving toward better things and a brighter future. And um, we worked with our dear friend, Reagan Elkins, who directed this video. Um, we came to him with the idea, um, with all of our crazy ideas. <laughs> and he is so awesome because he was able to work with our budget and make this happen exactly how we had always pictured it. Um, and do it justice and not say, oh, I don't know about that. I don't think that's going to work. But um, just really going, okay, let's figure it out. And um, again, that process in itself took a long time to do, to figure everything yeah, out. Yeah, we, we spent maybe three months on the writing for the, yeah, for the video. Yeah, pre pre-production for the video alone. Really getting that all tightened up and getting the storyline figured out. Locations. And Figured out. Uh, we filmed all over the state. We filmed in Guthrie at the Publishing Museum, which you see at the very beginning. Um, we're in. Uh, we're having our bank robbery scene, and then uh, Sid. Uh, yeah. By the way, you guys robbing a bank with masks was very topical. 
<laughs> I know. I know. It's like very forward thinking. I know. We were actually, we kind of, you know, it's interesting now. I guess anybody can do that now. Just walk into Walmart. And yeah. Rob it. Anybody <laughs> can rob a bank now. <laughs> You're saying that because like, it's super easy now to like steal someone's credit card and then just go charge it up because no one can see your face. Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah. It's very convenient. <laughs> that? I mean, uh, all those all those criminals out there that are robbing banks, they're like, finally, our time has come. <laughs> They'll never know. I did, I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyways. But, yeah, we filmed uh, in Guthrie. Uh, we used our friend Sid's amazing 36 Ford okay. in the video. Um, shout out to Sid. Uh, we filmed in Enid um, at the Simpsons Old Time Museum. Which is super cool. So cool. Uh, our, our saloon, our saloon was shot in there. And then we also filmed at the Oklahoma Railway Museum mm -hmm. in Enid as well. Heck um, yeah. In Medicine Park as well. Yeah. My Medicine dad has Park. a house down in Medicine Park. So we, we filmed this creek scene. We actually originally filmed it at a, down at Turner Falls, but the water was just like so blue. It didn't feel, it didn't fit right with the rest of the vibe. So I was like, let's go down to my dad's place because he has this cool just creek that just felt right, you know? And so we just, yeah. that's Cool main scene in the yeah. video when the song starts, that's where we're at. Yeah. So. so we filmed all across the state, other locations as well. Um, a few things like in Shawnee, um, Anadarko. Just random stuff. Random spots. Yeah. Um, but all Oklahoma. But all Oklahoma. And uh, we had an all Oklahoma cast and crew. Um, we had quite a few people working with us on this. Definitely the biggest um, production um, for us that we've done so far for a music video. And so what we did is we filmed um, for four days and then we realized we kind of needed this backstory. Um, so that intro that you see is that actually- That was all actually recorded after the music video was done. Yeah. Very and, cool. And uh, we realized that it wasn't, it didn't quite pull it all together um, to make as much sense without it. So yeah, yeah we cool. needed that intro to show everybody our past lives. And that's when we <laughs> brought uh, Johnny Cornyn to play the villain and he is amazing. He's got this like evil laugh, and it's just, it's just epic. And he's the sweetest guy you've ever met, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, he's the nicest. You're the nicest bad guy I know. <laughs> so, All those guys yeah, that play bad guys, they're always super sweet. It's very confusing. Well, that's awesome, man. All right, well, let's let's uh, let's take a listen, shall we? Sure. Awesome. All right. So this is Revival by the Imaginaries. Walking down that narrow way 
the Okie Show Show is provided by the Oklahoma Film and Music Office. Presenting the Woody Fest Songwriting Workshop Saturday, July 18th at 1 p.m. Songwriters and aspiring songwriters are invited to tune into Zoom to hear from Ellis Paul, a veteran Woody Fest performer and a seasoned singer-songwriter and folk musician. Registration is $24 and closes at noon on Friday, July 17th. Find out more at okfilmmusic.org. Y'all know me. Know how I earn a living. I'll insure this bird for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. It's tough production. Not like going down to the film school and having Mom and Aunt Gilly supplying the catering. The show? Swallow your hole. No sinking or tinderizing. Down you go. Shoot it quick. But it's not gonna be pleasant. Now, Outgate is a commercial insurance broker with film and entertainment expertise headquartered in Oklahoma. It means you get the Oklahoma film rebate and local people available anytime you need them. Think about this director. He's got black eyes like doll's eyes. His last show, 100 Men started production. Only 23 came out. Meal penalties took the rest. Outgate Insurance. Our website's at oklahoma-film.com. They place annual policies for producers of all types. Post-production E&O, specific film project policies for budgets of all sizes. And they work with musicians too. Place an insurance for gigs and events of all types. 
matter what's your budget, whether it's five grand or fifteen million. Old Gate Insurance can toss you a lifeline. And they can also find you coverage for post-production errors and omissions. You're gonna need it in order to get your film distributed. I'll cover pre-pro, production, post, the whole damn thing. Call out Gate at 918-574-455 for your movie's production insurance. That's 918-574-4555, Chief. Uh, thank you, Mr. Quint. We'll take it under advisement. I'll never wear a life jacket again. <laughs> so, you guys have been doing a fantastic job working with the technology of today that, like, I feel I've been out of the game for, I want to say, like, five years at least. And within that five years, so much has changed uh, as far as ways, uh, like opportunities and methods that you can market your stuff. And uh, like, especially the, the live, playing live on, you know, Facebook Live and all that kind of stuff. What are some tips and tricks that you would give people that are wanting to, you know, do this themselves? Sure. Well, I, I would say that the best thing you can do is just start doing it. Um, once you get going, it becomes easier. Um, for us, the first time we did it, it was a little stressful because you're just kind of overthinking everything and like, what should we say? What should we do? Well, it's also, you know, you're used to getting like, coming from somebody who's performed a lot and used to playing in front of a crowd of people and getting some sort of connection, you don't get that out of looking at an iPhone on a clip stand. It's different. It doesn't get any emotion at all. (laughs) So you're playing a song to it and so yeah, it's just to, it's just adapting to that and figuring out how to get that energy in, in the comments and things like that. Yeah, and, getting and, in a flow. And every time you do it, it gets better, it gets easier, you get more comfortable. Um, and I would also say that, you know, Shane, he, he told me, he was like, hey, you know, some of our favorite venues in LA and New York are having people on um, from their studio, which they normally don't do, but they're doing right now because obviously their venue is shut down and they still want to continue live music. Mm-hmm. So reach out to them. I was like, okay. So I reached out to a few of our favorites, Hotel Cafe in LA and Rockwood Music Hall in New York. And um, they both had us on like the week that I reached out. No, so we did concerts from their, from their social media page, which they have a wow. huge reach. So again, another way to connect with more people and, just uh, which is kind of cool. We support those venues, and they were having a tough time with you know yeah. keeping, keeping your staff yeah. paid up and things like that, just because they can't do concerts, so they have no revenue. Sure. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what the future holds. Um, you know, because like Okie Show Show, we're associated with the Tower Theater, and mm-hmm. uh, times are not easy right now. So but I do. I think it's going to come back strong when it does. I mean, I think that like this this idea of playing internet concerts. It's great and it's working right now, but I also think that people are really going to miss that connection of being in a moment, being in front, being whether it's, you know, uh, being at a small music venue like the Blue Door or being at the Tower or wherever. I mean, people are gonna, I think when, when, when live shows are able to come back, I think people are going to really see some giant crowds at shows because I think it's just, we all need music, man. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's for the soul so i think yeah. we're all missing that you know and although the online streams are great it's still not the same and it's not the same for the audience or the artist so yeah i agree i think there will be a big comeback for sure yeah 
How do you think that affects you guys playing? Uh, like for you, what's the biggest difference between playing a live thing to a camera versus playing to a full audience? Oh man. Well, there's a lot of differences. I think for one, like we we're thinking like a like a production when we're in here. We're well, we've yeah, got lighting, some, we've yeah, got lights, the yeah. camera, mm -hmm. we've got um, instrument. I'm doing everything, setting everything up. The studio stuff, and then what are we gonna say? You know, are we gonna bring someone in? Are we gonna talk about this? Things that we normally wouldn't do at an actual yeah. live. Performance. I just so wanted to my, play my music. <laughs> a live performance, you can kind of put a set list together and, and just go. cruise on down that list, and you yeah. know, not not be too concerned with with the. Uh, consistently being engaging about every little detail. Yeah, I mean, for grab those real quick. Oh, yeah. For example, this is from our show on but, Friday. But just keep in mind, my wife is the most organized person you'll ever meet. This so is, this is right. our bullet This is what she does. Holy crap. What she does for a Facebook Live. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So for the listeners that can't see, we uh, he's holding up uh, three pages worth of notes here that are look God. very <laughs> intuitive topics to touch on things we're going to talk yeah, about just yeah just to make sure we don't forget things right. and of course that's off camera so people can't see it but it really helps us stay on track um and then obviously just the experience is different um when we get through playing um an online show it still kind of feels the same as in like you know oh, we just you know played and it was really awesome to get to do that and share music and interact with people um, but in a different way. Um, obviously, no one's here to talk to you after the show. Yeah. Um, there's not live energy of a crowd like Shane was talking about. We're, we're joking because a few of our friends, um, they have like this applause button that they'll push after every song. We need to get one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the best we can do right now. <laughs> look at each other like, oh, that sounded good. Cool. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah anything else? I mean, sound, obviously, it's a lot easier. Yeah, just in general, there's more tech side of doing internet, like the internet thing than there is. Like if you play a, a, sh a club show, you know, you got a sound crew that are taking care mm -hmm. of all that. You're thinking more in terms of the art artist and, and being a musician, more, yeah. more or less. In this world, you got to wear about five hats. Yeah. You know? yeah. Do you feel like that's kind of where the industry is going to be going more? Because like, I, I, I think of bands like Pomplamoose where they yeah. like – you know what I mean? Like they're just—they put so much time and effort into their video productions and stuff. Like sure. now, it almost seems like you can't just be a musician. Now you got to be a like a filmmaker, a sound engineer. <laughs> you got to do all these things. Stand-up comedian. Yeah, you know, was, like he's really, really creative yeah. and really smart. Yeah, Jack Smart. I think he started um, Patreon. Actually, he's one of the co-founders of that. Really? Which was genius. Yeah. I mean, so he—he's definitely one of those sort of guys that's. For thinking, I think he does another thing now that's like uh, I can't remember what it's called, but they have like he has like another side project band that does um, that just gets together with different artists and they do they do they do collab cover songs and but but they just do them in a really cool way and yeah he's a creative dude and I think he's he's one of them that's really figured out how to make it work for sure yeah I I think that even before um, the coronavirus was here. Um, we've noticed in the past five years really that you do have to be able to wear like 12 different hats and being a, an independent artist these days um yeah. you have to be a great musician 
you have to be a great singer, you have to be a great songwriter, you have to be a great performer. Okay, that's all one area. Then you gotta be able to produce your music and do it really well yeah. and make it all sound like a hit record. And then you've got to be able to do uh, video content. Yeah, great to, videos. Yeah. And then you have to be able to market. You need to know the business side of things as well. Um, savvy with that kind of stuff. Sure. So, um, it's all very important. And Understanding how to pitch your single to Spotify editors, you know, and realize that you know, there is no company out there that really pitches artists to Spotify. You can do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can do it yourself. Artists, you're just learning those things. Yeah. There's a you lot know. to learn and it's constantly changing too. So we're constantly learning and relearning and um, yeah, I mean, we don't have a manager or anyone really. It's just us um, and our publicist, Julie, who's amazing. Um, and right now we do have a, a little larger team since we're releasing Revival. Um, but on, as far as the day-to-day -day stuff, it's the two of us um, doing everything. And now with with COVID, um, I would say that you even have to do even more because everyone is now doing all of that and then some. So mm -hmm. you have to keep up with everyone else. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely different than it was, you know, even 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, yeah. for sure. And that's why I personally could not do what you guys do now. <laughs> I don't have enough brain space <laughs> to handle everything anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't, I can, I can honestly tell you that if it wasn't for Maggie, um, we would not have the online presence that we have because I just don't have the, I don't have the fire and drive to be on social media 24-7. It just yeah. sucks sort of energy out of me. So what's cool about us though is that we, we the areas that like, I'm terrible at, she's awesome at, and so mm -hmm. we work well in that regard. Like the the production, the the creative side of things, mixing, all that stuff, I, I handle all those tasks for, for us, so. But she's to blame. <laughs> it's all her fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> well, and it's, it's great that um, you guys do a really great job of balancing those responsibilities, and sure. you're a married couple. You're a married yeah. couple musical duet, which, Speaking from experience, that's not easy. <laughs> my my favorite thing about like whenever my wife and I would be on the road and stuff is like, if you take yourselves out of the music side of it, what's the time that you get most bent with your significant other than being on the road together? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Our violin player would have to play referee between the two of us. <laughs> Gosh, love it. Oh, man. Well, man, it makes me think back to, like, the first time we tried to write a song together. And we were, back when we were dating. Too. We just started dating. Yeah, and I mean, it was just, like, learning to go, okay, we're not in boyfriend-girlfriend mode. We're in creative mode. So, yeah. you know, I would have to just learn. I mean, I'm just a very, like, kind of straight shooter type personality. So, I think something, I speak it. And that's not always a good way to be when you're co-writing with your girlfriend. Right, yeah. <laughs> We're sensitive about well, she's really holding on dearly to that idea, and that idea means a lot. And you just crushed your soul because you <laughs> said it sucked, you know. So we just had to learn. Uh, uh, we had to learn to be able to sort of set our emotions aside and really mm -hmm. just know that we're both working hard to create art that is meaningful and that that uh, speaks to people. Yeah. So I think it took us a little while to it, yeah, to it has, in. and it it has taken 
a long time. I mean, we've been making music together now for what over ten years. Is that right? Wow, probably over ten years. And in, in in terms of, I don't think we really started writing heavily until we moved to LA. Yeah. When we started, when we moved to LA, we our writing co-writing together really started coming into fruition because we would do a lot of co-writes with another artist. So it'd be mm. three, the two of us with another artist, and maybe we were writing for their project. And so just doing that a lot, then, you know, when we would take them out of the equation, it was like, oh, well, we can do this together yeah. now. Just, you know, have to kind of feel like it's more of an assignment and not not so much uh, just putting the emotions on the line. Sure, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah, but it has, it, it did take a lot of time. I mean, we argued plenty of times in the beginning stages of writing together, performing together, recording together, all of it. Um, but, you know, there at that time it was distinctly Shane Henry or Maggie McClure. So there was also that too, because when it was our solo project, he was in charge of his stuff. He had the final say, and I was in charge of my stuff, and I had the final say. Um, and sometimes, you know, that created some conflict, but with the imaginaries now, we, it's been a very interesting process because for the longest time we were both the front person, you know, and now we're sharing that mm -hmm. and it's actually been really nice because, um, it kind of has lifted the pressure a little bit and, not that we knew it was there before, but it's just been easy. It's been a really cool experience to get to share it together. And there's something nice about sharing, um, you know, ideas and decision making and not everything writing just on you. Yeah. So it's been yeah. cool. That's, that's awesome. What advice would you give to uh, other uh, couple bands boyfriend girlfriend bands and stuff like how do you keep from uh hating each other <laughs> well <laughs> you know we we really get a good started... get a good counselor yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> get a good counselor first yeah and, and learn, to, learn to keep your mouth shut at yeah. a certain moment pick your battles it's hard, to do, it's hard to do when you're in a writing session but i think you just need to be able to like know going into a writing session that you're going to be creative and the point is to write a song and the point is to be creative and whatever that goal or vision is, know that and be able to put ideas out or, you know, say, you know, I'm not feeling that idea. What about this? And not be able to get offended until you at least see what, what, what could come from the yeah. song. There's been many times when I wasn't digging an idea in a writing session and I went with it. I said, okay, I'm going to go with it. You give know, it I give it a shot. And then by the time we're, we're 30 minutes to an hour in, I'm loving the idea. So yeah. that sometimes happens, and you know that's the whole whole creative process, I guess, in a nutshell. Yeah, but, but I I'd say you know we have been on the road a lot together. We started touring together in two thousand nine, mm -hmm. very actively. Show. We were playing a lot of shows. We did the college and university circuit for a few years, and we were probably playing I don't know maybe fifty shows a year together like touring maybe probably wow. more than that probably well, yeah, we're, 100 we're doing quite a bit yeah for from 2009 to 2012 we did a lot yeah so that's when we really were like okay we're driving to pennsylvania you know it's just the two of us we're going to be in the car forever we're not going to be have time to eat lunch like things that you know this is not a vacation this is a job and mm -hmm. we have to get one gig to the next and 
Shane was still doing oil and gas work at that time. And so I'd be driving. AKA we weren't making any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the Oki show. <laughs> yeah. I was working a real job so we could afford to be there. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to be eating ramen noodles the whole time and then uh, begging people for gas money. But yeah. I was driving. I'd be driving, and he'd be in the passenger seat, running title on his laptop. And so then we'd get to a gig, and then we'd play, and then we'd get in the car and drive to the next one. Sometimes it'd be, you know, fourteen hours away, and it was, um, you know, obviously a lot of opportunities for arguments to happen. <laughs> So um, we, you know, quickly learned what made the other person, um, you know, push their buttons and what, how to handle certain situations. So that was before we were married too, um, the first few years. And so let me tell you guys, after we got married, it got worse. Just kidding. <laughs> That you know, honeymoon it, period it, was it, short, it, by God. Everybody, everybody's got their game face on until the <laughs> ring goes on the finger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All the audience is like, they're so in love. It's so romantic. It's so, it's so funny. Like, fast forward to moving to LA, you know, we were, we were living out there and kind of home, you know, I worked from home with the Landman stuff. And then, you know, we were doing music together. And it's funny. I remember people saying, you know, how can you be together? Like, how does that work being together? Like with your wife, you know, 24 seven in the same house. I'm like, well, when you're married to your best friend, that's pretty easy to do. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, we kind of, we don't have a lot of arguments. I mean, it happens to every couple, but mm -hmm. yeah. choose wisely is, would be my yeah. advice to someone. <laughs> Maybe if <laughs> yeah. you're arguing too much, you're not with the right person. I don't know. Well, I, you know, I think that's so true though. Cause I mean, like I married my best friend and like, there really is something to be said about, you yeah. know, not just loving the person that you're with, but liking them. Absolutely. Yes. You know? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I would agree. So, I mean, the last couple of years, we haven't done as, as near as much touring as we'd like, but our last sort of touring phase is maybe 2017, 18. We were doing a lot then, but we're hoping, you know, when this whole thing blows past, we can get back out there and yeah. get back to rocking. Yeah. We did a little bit last year. Um, we did a, um, Arizona, New Mexico run. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we play in Texas quite a bit. Um, we we played in Nashville quite a bit last year. Um, but yeah, not as much as like a release tour, like sure. what we were planning for for this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I think we've transitioned to a place where we both love to be on the road, and it is very freeing, and we. Um, really savor it and enjoy it as much as we can and definitely try to like sightsee as much as we can. There you go. In the beginning, we didn't really make as much time for that. Cause it was always like, okay, get to the next one. Go. We had a book that was like sort of crazy, man. He was booking <laughs> stuff where it was like, you had maybe two hours, you know, of, of time, you know, just enough to take a shower, get some food and you got to be there setting up. So yeah, well, crazy. now we kind of run the yeah, show. Man. So we try to allow some fun time as well. And we You've got can. a special yeah. guest on the show today. Oh my goodness. Do we have a dog? We have a dog! <laughs> Hi, everyone. I love it. <laughs> this is this is two Oki Show Show episodes in a row that we have a guest <laughs> dog. He had to come in here and see what was going on. Oh so. my goodness. This is the this is the true band manager right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love it. Well, we're running a little over time, but I want you guys to kind of play us out with uh, your single, Thinking About You. Can you set this up for us? 
Sure. So this song is a song that I actually wrote for my niece, Stella, for her third birthday. And I started writing a song and I kind of played it for Maggie. And I was like, um, you know, what do you think of this? And, you know, I had it. I, I, it was very personal um, when I started it. And so we opened it up to be a little bit more uh, universal. universal. And, um, and it's just a song about, hey, you know, even though we are, I think it goes for anyone, especially works right now with COVID, people not being, families not being able to see each other. But the message of the song is that, is that you know, I'm there for you. I love you. I'm thinking about you, even though we are miles apart, you know, um, we're still together. I'm still, still part of your life and thinking about you. And, and so that was the, that was kind of the inspiration on that song. And, and yeah, yeah, we finished uh, it. I, I love that. Bridge and, and, and yeah. finish it all up. Yeah. He actually started the song calling it, um, the name of his niece and we changed it to be thinking about you instead. I just, I felt like, you know, if it had someone's name in it, that's really special to that person. It's really cool. Um, but it may not be special to someone else. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Unless so, that's your name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's, it's been uh, one of our favorite songs off the album yeah. so far. And Very um, Tom Petty influenced too in the track and kind of has that vibe and just, you know, positive, positive feel-good song. Yeah. So. I love it. Well, I love your guys' sound. I love everything that you're doing. You guys are killing it. Keep it up. So where can we find you guys online? Before we bid you guys adieu, where can what, what's your website? What's your socials? Our website is imaginariesband.com and our socials are all at imaginariesband. So it's all the same, imaginariesband. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank and uh, let's give the audience a good old, good old send out with thinking about you with the imaginary. Lately, I've been thinking about you, and every little thing you do that makes me smile. Believe me, across my heart I swear, you are an answer prayer, shining light. I'm I see you soon Lately I've been thinking about you Been thinking about you I've been thinking about you 
The Oki Show Show is a mostly harmless media podcast recorded at Tower Studios in Oklahoma City. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If you're a business or industry professional that would like to advertise on the podcast, email info at okishowshow.com. Rates starting as low as $25.